We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Rivero. As always, I'm here joined by Johnny Gomez. Johnny. You had me postpone our recording last night so you could watch the UCLA Bruins play, and uh, you came into this podcast a very happy camper. And, you know, I haven't stopped smiling since last night. Damn, what a game, and and really what a, what a tournament, you know, uh, for a team to start off in the first four and end up in the final four. That that's like some Cinderella underdog story that you find in like the movie theater. So uh, I'm I'm happy and hoping that this ends up in a national championship. I, I I'm officially out of my brackets now. I have no chance of winning thanks to UCLA. So now I'll root for him. Go Bruins! I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love it. I love I- it. My uh, my alma mater, Marquette, just hired Shaka Smart as their head coach, and I really feel like a like prime dark years Rams fan. Like everybody's in the playoffs, uh, watching March Madness, and I'm just sitting here like celebrating about hiring a coach that would have been a much more exciting hire seven years ago. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes even if it is like an unlikely coach. Uh, sometimes a coaching decision can make or break a team. I mean, look what Sean McVay did with the Rams, and uh, or even more closer to home here, uh, look what uh, Mick Cronin did with uh, with the UCLA Bruins. Yeah, we'll see. Well, hey, I, I'm officially market. Today is March 31st. I am on the UCLA bandwagon for two games. Go Bruins. <laughs> Hopefully two games. <laughs> but anyways, we got a we got a decent decent run on the topics here for considering a where we are with this show uh, in the season, late March, early April, right in between free agency and the draft. But there was some Rams news that came out this week, uh, and in the next couple of weeks, I would imagine we're going to talk about the draft, but not really today. Our lead topic today, Johnny, is. I think both of us have speculated for a while that center Austin Blythe, who's been a starter on the Rams uh, in multiple positions for a couple years now, 
would be made a priority for the Rams to bring back on a decent deal. Uh, last year, I believe he got paid around like $3.5 million in a re-sign in a one-year deal. Kind of figured that they'd be able to bring him back again for this season, but that is not the case. Austin Blyde uh, announced, or it was announced yesterday, that he is signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you might think like the Chiefs ponied up a little to get get this guy, get their guy. They did not. His contract has $990,000 guaranteed. He can earn up to $1.75 million with playing time and team success incentives. Essentially, they got this guy for under $2 million. So to me, Johnny, there's two things that could be true here. Either he really wanted to play for the Chiefs, or what I think is more likely, the Rams just didn't try to bring him back. I mean, if that's the number he's getting from the Chiefs, the Rams have a between I think it's like seven point seven million in cap space right now. They could have easily signed him for like three to four million dollars easily, uh, and just based on this deal, I mean, it does not seem like they really were prioritizing him in any any way whatsoever no it doesn't appear so you know austin blythe is i mean he, he's not gonna be the sexiest name out in free agency i think we can all agree with that but he's certainly a serviceable center uh, and it, it just kind of amazes me that he went for so cheap and you know i i imagine that in the grand scheme of things, I'm not I'm I I'm not behind the scenes or anything, so I don't know, you know, what teams were talking to Blythe, but I imagine there had to have been other teams gunning for him, at least a little bit. And the fact that he signed for a reduced contract, even more reduced than last season, and keep in mind, he only made four four million dollars last season. Uh, I'm saying that like it's only a little bit of money, but in, in NFL, in, in the NFL world, that's cheap. He's doing it for less than half of what he's paid last season. So e even ignoring the fact that the Rams didn't sign him, there had to have been other teams pursuing him. And I'm sure they could top that offer for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm kind of inclined to believe that Blythe actually signed with the Chiefs because he wanted to play for Kansas City. Now, I don't know, that's just speculation on my part, but it just seems more likely that way. And I, I don't know if the Rams made an offer or if maybe they just didn't want to give him too much money. And he just said, you know what, forget it, I'll just go to the Chiefs. It, it's just such a weird signing. Like, I, I really don't know what to make of it. it I, I, I don't know. Like, once he realized maybe he's not going to the Rams, I think he probably would have prioritized the Chiefs. Like, if the Jets came in and offered him $3 million, maybe he says no and takes the little under two if he hits all his incentives with the Chiefs. But, like, we're not the fucking Jets, man. Like, I can't imagine, like, he's going to a team, yes, that I would say is one of the few teams in the NFL who will be considered more of a Super Bowl favorite than us next year in Kansas City. But, like, I just feel like there's no way if this is what he's getting paid by Kansas City and the Rams came in and said, we will pay you the same exact contract you had last year, which is $3.9 million, which is more than double what he's making with the Chiefs, if he hits his incentives— I can't imagine that he would have said no. Um, maybe he's really upset that they got rid of Coach Cromer, the offensive line coach. But um, doubling your salary usually like speaks volumes in that kind of situation, especially for a guy like Blythe. Who, I mean, he's making tons of money. He might be able to live off of what he's making in the NFL for the rest of his life. But when you're when you're only making like you know, he's making $1.75 if he hits all his incentives this year. When you're at that level of contract and you have an opportunity to double that, like, I think you would just take it automatically, even if it was from the Jets, per se. Um, but 
like I just I I really cannot could not believe that number. I figured he would have gotten like four million from the Chiefs, and he gets half of that. It's it's almost embarrassing to me that they didn't pursue him at this price. Now, granted, like I think he's good. I think he's a good center. He's not like if they replace him, even with a guy who's slightly worse, they're gonna be fine. But we it feels like yesterday that we were walking into the season getting rid of a center who was worse than Austin Blythe and John Sullivan. Uh, we let him walk, and we chose not to replace him. We chose not to prioritize the position. We put in Brian Allen at center, who was a fourth-round pick the previous season. Didn't play at all. We just said, this is our guy. We're in a lineup at center, and it was a fucking disaster. And for them, two years later, to potentially go down the road of repeating the same mistakes— I just, I, it just leaves me scratching my head, and maybe they'll go out and sign a player in free agency to replace Blythe. I mean, I, I think that's what they should do. Maybe they'll use their second or one of their third round picks on a center to replace Blythe. Which, if they don't, uh, if they don't use, if they don't sign a, a replacement, I think that's almost certainly that one of those three picks would go to a interior offensive lineman or a full blown center. But it's just like you were just in this position, and it really, really set back the team in 2019 to not have two positions on the offensive line solidified that you let walk and just kind of went with unknown commodities. Now, granted, he's not nearly the loss that Roger Saffold is, who was the the chief proponent of that line falling apart in 2019. I would say losing him more so than losing John Sullivan and replacing him with Brian Allen. But it's just like. You have a new quarterback coming in. You saw what a bad offensive line did to your previous quarterback. And you like, you just have this guy who's basically fucking free. And you don't bring him back. I mean, unless there is some behind-the-scenes stuff that was happening where he just wouldn't come back. Which, like, let's be honest, man. We're talking about Austin fucking Blythe here. Like, I cannot imagine there was behind-the-scenes drama with this dude that would have resulted in him leaving the Rams. Uh, it's just, it's crazy to me. I, I really disagree with this decision, especially given how much money he got paid. And even if you double his contract, you are not hampering yourself in any meaningful way. Uh, unless they have a plan to spend this five, $6 million they have before paying draft picks, uh, that's better than bringing back a key starter from last year. I, I don't understand this whatsoever. The only way I'm okay with this is if the Rams go and pursue a uh, veteran inside linebacker, like, uh, say, Quan Alexander. If the, if the Rams sign Quan Alexander, I will come on the pod the day after and just spend five minutes apologizing to Les Need and Sean McVay and praising every decision they made. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if, if if it comes down to that, I'm I'm totally okay with them letting Austin Blythe walk. But if we're gonna be realistic here, I I think there's there's probably just some sort of discrepancy that we just aren't sure of. And uh, I I if we know less need like we think we do, I'm already sure there's like a plan B and C in place in terms of, you know, looking in the NFL draft and maybe even a, a veteran center that's available. But even that, it, it, it's coming at a uh, uh, <laughs> at a close finish here because really there's not a ton of free agent centers um, that I would say are in Blythe's league Um I don't know if there's really anyone better than Blythe available right now. Yeah, I, 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 I think at this point you're you're basically putting a bandaid if you if you go after a free agent at this point. And what ultimately terrifies me is if Les Need Les Need and Sean McVay says, you know what, we really like Brian Allen, we want him to come back in and be our starter in 2021, that terrifies me. That really, really terrifies me. Yeah, God. Uh, I mean, especially considering you 
if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, I believe they had Coleman Shelton on the roster more than they had Brian Allen on the active roster last year. Am I wrong there? I'm about 90% certain that Coleman Shelton was on the active roster more than Brian Allen was. They might have been on the active roster for the same amount of time. I mean, uh, Brian, I don't. I feel like Brian did not suit up. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I. There's no way Brian Allen was the plan. There's no shot that's the well they're gonna dip back into. Uh, if there was a solution on the active roster, it's probably Austin Corbett. But I mean. They tried that in Cleveland, and it really didn't work out, and we got him basically for free as a result of that. And so I I feel like they're not going to go that route again. I mean, it seems like they feel pretty good about Edwards and Corbett at the guards, and I, I feel okay about those are the guards and could be better, but it, as we know, it could be a lot worse. So, I mean, I, I don't think that they'll go that. I think they're either going to bring in a guy in free agency, which is a Band-Aid, like you said, but, like, be honest, I'd rather wear a Band-Aid than just, like, have my cuts bleeding. So, like, I'm okay with them bringing in a Band-Aid for this year. Austin Blythe was, like, adhesive tape more than a Band-Aid, uh, and I would have preferred to keep that. But I, even if they do draft somebody, you know, I would still prefer to see them bring in a vet as well, just as, like, a stopgap. It's not super easy to step in at center and be productive especially considering where the Rams are, are picking. Uh, if there is a guy who's can be plug and play and we'll talk to some uh, draft experts in the coming weeks and poke their brain about it as well. If nothing happens in the coming weeks at center, uh, I'm, there might be some guys that can plug and play, but it's like the solution was just sitting there and not in an expensive way at all. And he just didn't grab it. I it's just, it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's uh I have to say it's it's a little bit concerning because it it was one thing that we were kind of hoping not to have to face. But again, um, the offseason isn't over yet, so I think I'll be a little bit more concerned if we're going into training camp and we have uh, Brian Allen as our starting center. Yep. Uh <laughs> I will be very concerned if that's the case. I don't think that will be the case, though. Uh, I think they're going to – if they don't sign a free agent, I think they'll draft somebody with one of those three day two picks. Um, I don't know. I'm just weird, man. It just seems like a weird a weird thing to do. But we'll see. I mean, if like you said, if they go get a, a notable inside linebacker with that money, which I don't think they're ever going to sign an inside linebacker. So I don't believe that's true. Uh, maybe they spend that $5 million on, like – uh, an edge rusher, like a, I don't think we can forge Davion Clowney with that money, but like maybe a lesser version of that, like a a low risk, high reward type guy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But <laughs> crazy. Uh, anyways, just spent like twelve minutes talking about a center that just signed for six figures in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, even though like we're pretty harsh on this, like. Theoretically, the team should be able to overcome the loss of Austin Blythe. Like, it is not Roger Saffold. It is not Corey Littleton. It is it's not John Johnson. It is not one of a guy of that caliber. But it's just some, like, the reason that you're so critical is it just seems like he could have so easily been brought back where guys like Littleton and Saffold, if you were to bring them back, there were other players that you wouldn't have been able to bring back. And... It's just weird. It's a very, very odd number that they want to bring him back if there was an option to do it at that number. Uh, speaking of numbers, we, we talked on this briefly last week before the official number was out, Johnny, but I figured we'd revisit it. Uh, the Deshaun J- Jackson contract number comes in. Uh, it's somewhere in between where we had him. I thought it'd be like $2 million. You said, I think, five. It ended up being $4.5 million total. That includes incentives that he could reach. $3.2 million in cap hit. A lot of the incentives comes from playing. His He gets, uh, after his base salary, he gets a hundred grand for every game he's active. And that's like, I that's the kind of, 
at first when I saw the number 4.5 million, I thought it was really high, but you know, because you have the incentives where he has to be active to reach that 4.5 million, six, well, 17 games of Deshaun Watson now uh, is worth 4.5 million to me, even at this age, uh, when he's been healthy and playing, he can still go. He could still do the things that you're signing Deshaun Jackson to do. So if, if he's healthy, He's worth that $5 million to me, even at 34, and I, I'm okay with the, the number, even though I, I'm sure I wasn't the one who read it and was like, damn, like the dude is 34. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's easy to get ca- caught up in the numbers, especially when the Rams have so little numbers to work with. But with Deshaun Jackson, if, if he's healthy, time and time again he's proven – that he's someone worth having on the roster if he's healthy. And this contract basically tells you, hey, you know, we're paying you if you're if you're playing. And that I mean, that's a deal in the end because if he doesn't if he doesn't play, he he really doesn't get paid all that much. Uh of course he gets he gets something, you know, there he gets guaranteed money, of course. But it's really not that much money if he doesn't play many games. So I'm all for it. You know, if he plays in all 17 games this year, I think that that's a win. You know, that that's obviously something that the Rams uh, want, want to see happen. We want Matthew Stafford to throw down. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm still downfield. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think this is easily a, a, a good signing and hopefully I, I'm actually wanting them to use the four four uh four point five million on him. Agreed. Yeah, I would rather him not come in and get hurt, which has been the story for the last couple of years. But we'll see. He said he's feeling hundred percent, so hopefully he can stay on the field. I and mean, I don't think we're gonna be using him on as many snaps as the Eagles were when he was healthy the last couple of years. So hopefully they can do what we call in the NBA load management with my guy Deshaun Jackson and keep him healthy for a full season. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Uh, And now, officially, we know, Johnny, this season will be 17 games for the first time ever. Uh, there will be 18 weeks in the regular season. The Super Bowl was pushed back a week, which is in SoFi Stadium, to February 13th. And the Rams will add an additional game this year. They The the rule is you'll play a team in the AFC that finished in the same place as, as you in their division. That will rotate every four years. So we play the Ravens this year. Last time we played the Ravens, did not go great. Uh, I am not going to go down that rabbit hole. But... So there's been a lot of like chatter from people on on Twitter about the move to 17 games and like people have cited the obvious, you know, negatives about it, which is like extending the game for a sport where players are already getting hurt so much. We might see more injuries because there's a 17th game. Um, 
it'll mess up historical records because they're adding a game. It's going to make like fantasy football confusing. There's a lot of re- there's a lot of justifiable reasons that you wouldn't go this route, but the conversation is pointless because Johnny, there's literally one reason on the list of reasons why they chose to make this decision. Can you do you know what the reason is? Um, is that money, Steve? Money. It's money. Everybody gets more money from a 17th game. The teams get more money. The league gets more money. The players get more money. It's the only reason this is happening. Uh, there are obvious negative downsides. Would I prefer a 16-game season? Yeah, I, I would. But I don't make any money off of it. Uh, <laughs> am I going to complain about next week of football? No, not at all. I am very okay with it. I'm curious to see how this affects fantasy as a big fantasy guy. Uh, I will not be doing a two-week playoff ever, which is one thing I've seen people throw out. But it's just a strictly financially based decision. Everybody's going to benefit. Their pockets are going to benefit from it. Their bodies might not. But, like, it's glaringly obvious. And if you read the NFLPA statement, like, this is just for money. Uh, which is what most things are based off of in the world of entertainment. Yeah, I I, I feel like there, there's really not a whole ton to, to complain about. I, I feel like if anyone would complain, it would be the players, um, and particularly players that have injury concerns, uh, which is why guys like Alvin Kamara aren't really in favor of this. Now, is it something that they should absolutely, like, protest? Not really. I mean, again, in in the grand scheme of things, everyone's benefiting from this. You know, Um, the the players are getting more money, and it it depends on how you value your playing. Like, if um, clearly, you know, some of these players really value money. I mean, I don't blame them. They're they're the best of the best, and they get they get paid like it. So, <laughs> you you really want to keep things into perspective here. There's absolutely no reason to be like downright upset that this is happening. It's an extra game. You're losing an extra preseason game, which for some of these starters, of course, they don't see that because they don't really participate in preseason anyway. But it, it makes sense all around, in my opinion, and hell, as a fan, I, I want to see an extra week of football, and hopefully uh, this this time around when the Rams play the Ravens, it won't be, you know, uh, just, I mean, I guess the best way to describe it is an ass-kicking, so, um, yeah, hopefully it'll be an actual competitive game, which I'm sure it will be this time, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to to uh, the 17th game against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore ain't that far from me. Maybe I'll try and get down there. Yeah, it's, um, I, 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 I guess I'm excited. I'm curious to see how it goes. A lot of records are going to be being shattered in the coming uh, years with that extra game. I think that's pretty certain, especially passing records considering the way the, the sport is going. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be different, and it should be fun. I mean, Get some interesting matchups from this. The NFL, I think it was the NFL or somebody, or no, it was Adam Schefter put out a tweet like highlighting some interesting matchups because of the new week. He didn't highlight the Rams and the Ravens, two teams that were in the playoffs last year. He did, though, however, highlight the Giants and Dolphins, which uh, I took a little personally. (laughs) I I think that they're trying to uh, they're trying to hype up these two teams because there's a lot of potential, particularly with the Dolphins more than the Giants, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, I think everyone everyone else is pretty much more excited with the the Ravens and Rams. There's a there's a handful of players in the NFL that are gonna get an extra million dollars plus uh, for the 17th game in their game check. Can you, Aaron Donald is one of those guys. Do you think you can name the player who's going to get the biggest game check uh, as a result of the 17th game? It's got to be Aaron Donald. 
No, different player. Uh, it, I was talking about in the NFL. Oh, in the NFL. Okay, in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Close. Uh, a player who beat Patrick Mahomes in a duel. Jared Goff will make an extra one point five million as a result <laughs> of this. <laughs> Have fun, Detroit. <laughs> oh, fun. Uh, some other news and notes around the league this week. It's late March, early April. Uh, fun, slow news week. But some quotes from Troy Hill came out that I thought were fairly interesting. He actually said that his decision on where he's going to land in free agency came down to the Rams and Browns, meaning that the Rams must have been pursuing to keep him around. He said ultimately that the chance to keep playing with John Johnson and more importantly, the chance to return home. He's from Ohio. Uh, Cleveland's his home team uh, was too good to pass up. So it's interesting that the Rams did pursue keeping Troy Hill. He's only making, uh, and I actually think I misquoted his contract on the last pod. So uh, apologies, everybody. He's on a two year, $9 million deal. So it's, you know, at that number, you would assume that you, you would try and pursue him. And it seems like they did. I'm sure they were offering him, Based on what money they have left, a similar deal, probably like four or five million. Uh, but he chose to go to Cleveland. Uh, I'm not devastated to see him go, but I am like at least happy that at that around that number, the Rams were at least like making an effort to keep him. He's a good player. Uh, it might be easier to keep him around than replace him, and we'll see how they do replacing him. Well, I I, I think um, it's nothing to be insulted about because. You know, apparently, I, I didn't realize this, but apparently uh, Ohio is his hometown, or his home state, rather. Um, so, I can understand wanting to be closer to f- friends and family. And, you know, I, I can't blame the guy for for wanting to go that route. It, I wish he would have stood with the Rams. I think having him back with, with uh, Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey would just continue to ball out on in the secondary but unfortunately it is what it is and uh hey there's there's not much you can do you can't put a price on family yeah well you can it's 4.5 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> uh some other quotes from recently departed rams and current cleveland browns uh john johnson had a Fairly lengthy quote about, you know, his offseason and what happened. He, this was his quote. At the Packers playoff game, I kind of had a moment where they were up and they were taking knees, and I felt like it might be the last time I suited up as a Ram, just the way things were going. Guys had gotten extensions early in the year, and I was kind of the one who got left out. So I just kind of felt like it might be the last time. I did have a little hope that something would happen and I would end up staying there, but I was ready for it. Free agency is a big step. I was ready for it. He continued. Luckily for me, I put myself in a position where I knew that I was going to land on my feet. I knew that I was going to be able to make a decision and kind of have control of my destiny. But it is nerve-wracking. you just living in limbo for a month and a half, two months, not knowing anything. I did not even know if the Rams were even talking about bringing me back. It's just a weird time not knowing what your future holds for you. Like I said, luckily for me, I was blessed enough to know I was going to land on my feet and be in a good situation. It's pretty nerve-wracking, and I'm glad it's over with. Uh, I mean, kind of a bummer that... And it really seems like now they really considered bringing John Johnson back. But, I mean, he got a deal. Seems content with it. Uh, but, yeah, it's – I miss him. Yeah, I think the most I got out of that quote was the fact that he – it almost felt like he was disappointed that he saw his other teammates around him getting contracts and not him and – you know, basically wondering if the Rams are interested. I I think I think in the back of his mind, though, I I, I imagine he knows that the Rams would have loved to have bring you know brought him back, but uh, unfortunately, the way the cap was and the fact that you know the NFL cut the cap rather than added to it, I think had had the opposite happened, you know, John Johnson would be in a Rams uniform in twenty twenty one. I am almost sure but uh unfortunately that that's not what happened so i i do feel bad in a way because you know even though john johnson was only with us for what was it like four years you know 
it, it feels like he was a part of the franchise for longer, and he just became such a fan favorite. And to hear a quote like that, it, it's kind of heartbreaking a little bit. But NFL is a business, and unfortunately, the Rams couldn't afford him. He got paid. It's all That's all that matters. Yeah, he was here for four years, but he was a pretty integral part of the team. Like you said, it felt like he was... Uh, very important, and he will have his place in Rams history and lore. He did intercept the pass thrown by Drew Brees in overtime of the NFC Championship that people like to forget happened because they think the game just ended after the missed pass interference call. Uh, but John Johnson is in the highlights catching that pass and then doing the chopper down the field. Uh, so I'll <laughs> always be one of my favorites for sure. Uh, I think uh, the last thing we could touch on, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's like I said, slow news day, but this is the last thing. This is not slow news, but not super Rams related. Uh, last week, the 49ers made a pretty big blockbuster trade. They traded up for the third pick from Miami. They traded the 12th overall pick, a 2022 first round pick a 2022 third-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick to the Miami Dolphins for the number three overall selection. So essentially, they traded two future first-round picks and a future third-round pick to move up nine spots. Uh, This is not as crazy as when the Bears traded a bunch of stuff to move up one spot to draft Mitch Trubisky, who is now backing up Josh Allen and Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. But this is a pretty big move from the 49ers who have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are insisting will be the quarterback in 2021, which a lot of people are just saying is a flat-out lie. But I actually believe it, um, to be honest. And I, I wonder, like, before we even talk about the trade, like, do you think Garoppolo is their starter in 2021? I mean, it's – I don't know if you – give up all these picks to move up and not play the guy you're going to get. But at the same time, like Jimmy G's there, he's under contract unless they could get a good offer for him, which I don't know why anyone would make a good offer for him right now at this stage in the off season. I feel like they just roll with him until he starts sucking and they bench him for the new guy. But like, I do think he is a part of their plans in 2021. Is he a part of their plans in 2022? I really fucking doubt it. But I feel like he is going to go into week one as their starting quarterback. Well, for for any starting quarterback, really, unless unless there's absolutely no <laughs> there's absolutely no solution there at quarterback, it you know you have to consider your veteran going into uh, you know the season to become your starter because it's very rare that any rookie comes into the NFL. And makes an immediate impact and is just uh, a flat-out baller. It, it just doesn't happen that often. Although Justin Herbert kind of made the made a case for himself, though. But even then, like Justin Herbert did not start Week One, so that's that's one thing you have to keep in mind. Is you you can go back to many situations and see that you know a, a veteran quarterback tends to get the start at least for the first part of the year more often than not. If you go back to when the Rams traded their farm for Jared Goff, Jared Goff did not start right away. You know, that that basically went to Case Keenum. So, and Case Keenum wasn't exactly... (laughs) Wasn't exactly, you know, a, a great quarterback either. So... You know, it, it, it's just basically a guy that is your future. You're investing in... that. The 49ers are essentially investing in their future in this case. And, and it, it makes total sense because obviously, you know, if, if you've ever come on our podcast before, you've heard Steve and I joke about Jimmy Garoppolo many times. And it, it's for a good reason. Jimmy Garoppolo is... He's an okay quarterback, but he's definitely not going to, you know, give the 49ers the best chance of winning a Super Bowl. He He's just not, although he did take them to the Super Bowl, to be fair. Um, 
that being said, I I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get the start um, for maybe, you know, the first four to six games in the 2021 season. And I, I think somewhere in the midpoint, maybe beyond, maybe a little bit beyond that, um, you're going to see whatever rookie the um, 49ers end up drafting, which I'm thinking is probably going to be uh, Justin Fields. We'll see. Yeah, and, uh, you know, one thing that's interesting with Jimmy is they could cut him, save $23.6 million. But in this stage of the offseason, I, I don't – I honestly don't see them doing that. I, I think they like Jimmy. He Like, he did get them to a Super Bowl. And uh, I don't think they're going to just, like, throw him to the dirt like that. Uh, now, they could do that again next offseason – caught him and saved 25.6 million which i think is almost a guarantee but i don't think they're gonna just cut him this late in the offseason where there's not money out there for him i think they are gonna do like quote unquote do right by him in a way uh and keep him around as their starting quarterback to start the season he will obviously have a tight leash if they i mean they're almost certainly gonna go quarterback here you don't you don't trade that that draft capital to draft kyle pitts uh you're they're going I don't know. The, the most rumored guy to go there is, is Mac Jones, it seems like. Um, I haven't dug into these prospects enough to have a real real take on who they should take. Uh, I mean, who do you think they should take? Uh, I, I definitely think it's going to be Justin Fields. Yeah, if he if he's there, I would be shocked. Yeah, that's true. That, I guess, technically speaking, uh, he could be gone before he gets to the Niners at pick three. Yeah, well, I I feel like the big thing people think is that they won't take um, Zach Wilson's his name right from BYU. Yeah, yeah, it seems like people don't think they would take him. Like you don't trade that much draft capital to move up and draft a project, which a lot of people are billing Zach Wilson as. If the Jets were to go with Justin Fields at two, but the Jets might go Zach Wilson at two. Uh, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. Do you think? This was a good decision. That's tough. It 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 really depends because obviously if you make this trade, you're you're basically saying to everyone that we don't care who ends up at pick 3, we're drafting a quarterback because we like all three uh potential quarterback prospects here. For now sure. we both but we both know it ain't going to be Trevor Lawrence. No, no. No shot. No. Nah. It, there's absolutely no shot there. Uh, and then it comes down to whether it be Justin Fields, which I think if if I'm a Niner fan, I, I want Fields in a heartbeat. And then there's Wilson, who... I feel like Wilson is the quarterback that travels up draft boards just because the value of quarterbacks is just there. But if we're giving a realistic situation he probably would not be that high under normal circumstances and you just got to hope that he that he's you know good enough you know and and this is this is the reason why you have Jimmy Garoppolo because if he's a guy that maybe isn't ready year 1 at least you have Jimmy G to carry the team for 2021, you know? Uh, and just depending on how their season goes, uh, you know, maybe throw in Wilson into the mix at some point. So, personally, though, if I'm the 49er fans, I, I want Justin Fields. I feel like Justin Fields is is a very good quarterback. And if the Jets end up with him... Uh, then they they got a they got a true baller there and for sure uh Darnold is not going to be their quarterback. Yeah, although if they go Zach Wilson, I wouldn't be shocked if Darnold's their week one starter too. Uh I I'm still on the team, so I don't know really what they're going to do. Uh you know, they've almost certainly made their decision on whether or not they're drafting a quarterback or maybe they haven't. I don't know, but with the 49ers like is this a good decision? I don't know if I'm ready to say it's a good decision, but I am ready to say, like, it's not a bad decision. Um, strictly because, like, you look at their roster. Uh, we love to clown on them, uh, and they were not that good last year, but they were just obliterated with injuries. They are missing, like, half their team. Uh, there are a lot of good 
young players. No, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, uh, Fred Warner, Von Kinlaw. Like, this team is built to compete. I don't know if I'm ready. Like, they... I'm not ready to say they're like a super cool contender with a with a good quarterback, but with a great quarterback, they probably are getting right back into the mix. They're not that long removed from a Super Bowl. It was two two years ago, and I think like if you're if you're sitting there, you're John Lynch, like if and I think he said this in his quote, like if you are ready to compete now, like if you think your roster is in position to contend, you know, look at what the fucking Rams have done for the last five years, like. You don't need these first round. Like it's nice to have first round picks. It's a cheap way to bolster your roster. But if you truly think you are a franchise quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender, and your team isn't ancient, you you make this trade and you go get a guy and you say, all right, let's see what happens. Uh, it's risky in the fact that they don't know what player they're getting. Uh, it could two players will be off. We know Trevor Lawrence is off the board, but one guy who might be their second-ranked quarterback or even first-ranked quarterback, depending on how they have Lawrence, is not going to be there. And But like you said, you know, you don't make this trade unless you're okay with getting the third guy. And clearly they are. Um, the Eagles, who actually traded with the Dolphins right after this trade and let the Dolphins move back up from the 12th pick they got from 49ers up to 6, they hop back. Basically, the rumor with them was that, like, they would have considered moving up to three to get, I think it was Zach Wilson was the guy they were tied to, but they didn't want to take one of the other guys, so they moved back. They ended up moving out of there, and they're going to roll Jalen Hurts, I would imagine. But it's just, yeah, it's, I'm very interested to see how this plays out, but I don't think it's a bad decision to make this move right now. I don't know if I really like it. I think, you know, ideally you go get a vet with the way the roster is constructed. But at the same time, most teams that compete for Super Bowls have young quarterbacks on cheap deals um, or Tom Brady. It's usually one of the two. <laughs> Basically. Uh, I, I I agree. I, I, I don't know if I'm in love with the deal because I feel like they gave up a lot. And I think it, it ultimately depends who they end up with. If they end up with Wilson, I'm I love the deal a lot less. But if they end up with Fields, they scored a slam dunk as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I I gotta look into the guys more, but I probably I think they would probably prefer Fields the most. Um, and if he's there, I think they will take him. And if he's not there, I'm interested to see what happens. But like 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 I said, you know the the formula is really get a quarterback who's young and go nuts with the rest of the team. We saw it with the Rams. We saw it with the Chiefs. We saw it with the Eagles, even though their young quarterback didn't play in that game. Uh, <laughs> like, we saw it with Seattle. Uh, I don't remember if Cam Newton was on his rookie contract when he played in that Super Bowl. He might have been on the tail end of it. But, you know, when Seattle was in the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson was on his rookie deals, not on his giant contract that's been clogging their books for the last couple of years. So it's a formula that we know works, and – I don't think it's a bad decision to go that route rather than going with a vet, especially when, um, no, they, they didn't want to pay the price for Matthew Saffer that the Rams paid. And, you know, uh, a guy like Deshaun Watson is either too expensive or at this point TBD, if he plays in the NFL in 2021. Uh, but that is not a topic I feel like getting into today. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavy topic. I will say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's if, if the stuff that's out there is true, it, he should not play in the league next year. I, I, I totally agree. Um, totally agree. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, that was my whole rundown, man. You you got anything else you want to end on? Uh, just go Bruins. You know, the Bruins are uh, going to be playing in the Final Four on Saturday against uh, Gonzaga, so... Uh, you know, whether you're a UCLA fan or uh, or if you even care about college basketball, if you're an SC fan, um, you lost, so haha. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Actually, I did really want USC to win. It would have been sweet to see UCLA and USC in the Final Four matchup. I think that would have been awesome. But unfortunately, that's not how the cards fell. And, uh, 
yeah, baseball season starts tomorrow for the Dodgers. So, yeah. remember this time last year, Steve, when there was no sports whatsoever? Yeah, man. I watched uh, WrestleMania's coming up, and last year there was just no fans, and they did it basically from their practice facility, uh, which was insane. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very weird time. And I remember watching, I was like, I don't know when the next sporting event is going to be. The NFL draft. Yeah, yeah, right. And even that, Cadell did it from his basement. Everyone was all depressed because of all the commercials about being together. Oh, man. that it! What a difference a year makes. I'm happy that sports is back. And it, it just it, it just feels nice to have all these sports come together. And I I can't wait for football to come back. Yeah, man. And uh, should be fans next year. Goodell is saying that they anticipate there being full stadiums. Uh, I think it's hard to say whether or not there's going to be full stadiums in September. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully we're trending in the right direction at least. But uh, I think it's safe to say that fans will be at SoFi Stadium in week one uh, for the first time, which is super exciting. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm definitely gonna try my hardest to uh, to land some SoFi Stadium tickets so I can go. It just it looks like such a stunning stadium. I've driven past it many times, and it I I can't tell you how many times I wanted just to pull over just to walk around the stadium. Hopefully, I wouldn't be shot. But <laughs> I meant by security, by the way. <laughs> I got it. Uh, just, just clarifying, just clarifying, but yeah, I, I am really looking forward to the, the SoFi Stadium though. It, it's such a stunning stadium from afar. I can only imagine what it looks like up close. Yeah, it looks fucking crazy and hopefully we're playing in the Super Bowl in SoFi next year, uh, but it's going to be sweet, a sweet place to play the Super Bowl. Well, all right. We will talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Barrow, at Johnny5Nut6, at TalkRams. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, we got draft coverage coming in the pipeline in the coming weeks, so stay tuned and hope you guys tune in next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.